What happens when you put two experts behind mics to match wits on the current state of financial services, the economy, investments, and more? From the American College of Financial Services, this is Wealth Managed. I'm Michael Finca. I'm a professor of wealth management at the American College. And I'm David Blanchett, uh, head of retirement research for Morningstar and an adjunct professor of wealth management for the American College. Michael, recently there's been you know a lot of news coverage, reporters talking about the fact that you don't necessarily have to take requirement of distributions this year, given the market volatility. And and I think for, for a lot of people that might, it gives them a choice, right? You know, you don't necessarily have to take out that, that, that income or that money from your IRA to fund your retirement. And I think it's an opportunity, right? To kind of reevaluate what people want to do to fund their retirement. There's a lot of kind of, you know, rules of thumb we use in the industry to figure out how you use your wealth to fund retirement. You know, one is that you take out taxable monies first, followed by traditional, followed by Roth. You know, do you think that that still makes sense today? Is that a good rule of thumb to follow? Yeah, I think the rule of thumb is an easy way to think about it is that you have some of your investments that have a higher after-tax return and some of your investments that have a low after-tax return. And so like taxable CDs or money market accounts or bonds, those have the lowest after-tax return. They're the least tax efficient. So you wanna spend all those assets down first. And then the question becomes how tax efficient is the remainder of your investment portfolio? What if you have money in a Roth and money in a traditional account? When should you take money out of the Roth? When should you take money out of a traditional account? And the research shows pretty clearly that instead of taking the money equally out of all of your accounts, if you can do it in a fashion where you take the money out of your taxable first, then your traditional IRA, then your Roth-like accounts, then you'll be able to extend the life of your retirement portfolio by about 10%. There was a great article that was done by a guy named Stephen Horan at the CFA Institute. And he found that you can get about a 10% improvement from simply following that, what he calls a naive ordering strategy. But then you can get another 10% by being a little smarter about it. But what does that mean, David? How can you be smarter than just using that basic taxable traditional Roth? It was like a pop quiz. It is. Uh, I, I, to me, it, 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 to your point, it, it's a good naive strategy, but everyone is different, right? So if I'm thinking about my situation, how do I manage my, my marginal tax rates? How do I manage, you know, like Medicare premiums? I think what's important is to always think each year, what is my total taxable income? How do I use my different income sources to best ensure that I'm minimizing my total overall taxes? And so, yes, uh, I think that, you know, taxable traditional Roth makes the most sense, but there's lots of research lots of examples where like in some instances the reverse is the best case take out raw first because you've got more income when you first retire than traditional and taxable i think it's it's really a personalized decision and i think what's important is the more you have in each of these three pools the more you have to think about it right most retirees when they retire they really only have a bunch of money in a traditional ira or 401k but if you are someone that has you know these three sources of of of, of assets you really can get a lot of benefit from thinking about how to pull money out over time. And I think that a lot of it has to do with what is your marginal tax rate today versus what's your marginal tax rate going to look like in the future. And especially when you're thinking about strategies that are related to a traditional IRA, you've got to pay taxes when you pull money out of the account. So you want to be able to pull money out of the account when your marginal tax rate is low. And you also want to take pay attention to 
um, those thresholds, your, your tax buckets, right? You, wanna, you don't want to get over that tax bucket because especially, you know, the difference between like the 24 and the 32% rate, that's a big difference. You don't want to be pulling money out of your IRA and pushing yourself up into a higher marginal tax rate. Uh, but that means you also have to pay attention to when it's smart to pull money out of your IRA because it might push you into a higher tax bracket later. Right. And a lot of research that's been done on this, you know, I like it, but it assumes that tax rates stay the same forever. Right. So I think we have to acknowledge that there's significant tax law uncertainty, that things can change and it can dramatically impact the kind of overall efficacy of of an approach. And so I think I think it's really important to focus on on both today and tomorrow. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, not do what's best today based upon what, what you think would happen tomorrow, because things are always changing. So I think that you know, you need to have one eye on the future, but I think how you manage your, your tax rates right now is even more important because, you know, anything can change a year or two into the future. Give your clients the retirement security they need with our Retirement Income Certified Professional designation. Visit theamericancollege.edu slash RICP to learn more. When you talk about expectations of marginal tax rates. One of the things that I think worries a lot of financial advisors is what's going to happen to capital gains tax rates and dividend tax rates in the future. Almost nobody that I talk to thinks that those tax rates are going to go down. Everybody thinks that they're going to go up. And that has some pretty important implications on how you use your non-qualified stock investments right now. We've been doing some research together where we show that the higher the value of your non-qualified capital gains asset as a ratio of the amount of money that you paid for it. In other words, if you've got more capital gains sitting in one of those investments, your benefit from keeping it in that investment for an additional year is greater. So that actually creates an incentive not to sell out those assets in your taxable accounts that have significant capital gains. But there are some problems with that. I mean, there is the likelihood the cap gains rates are going to go up in the future. But there are also these situations where your portfolio can get out of whack because you're just not, you're not comfortable selling those assets and incurring that capital gain. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's emotional aspects, there's risk aspects. I mean, I think that that, you know, to the extent that you can avoid paying taxes, you should. But it's all about balance. Right. I mean, you don't want to not withdraw from a certain account and not trade it because it increases your tax rate if it results in a too aggressive portfolio. And what about the step up in basis? I mean, it's one of the reasons why it's attractive not to sell your uh, non-qualified stock investments. But I mean, especially if estate taxes go up in the future and you have a client who's probably going to have a taxable estate, some of the, the benefits of not spending those assets in retirement become less. So I think that when you're talking about these non-qualified stock investments, you definitely don't want to touch your Roth because it's not likely that the tax code is going to change significantly for your Roth. But I think there are some interesting questions about whether to, to spend some of those taxable stock investments to, you know, after you're done spending down your taxable bond investments, which we know are the least efficient. We know you're going to get a tax deferral benefit from your IRA assets. Should you be spending down those taxable stock assets? You know, I, I would say potentially. I mean, to me, honestly, you know, I hate to to speculate about future tax policy, but I, I just don't see how we won't see an increase in tax rates in the future. And, you know, to the extent that we do see that, you know, it, it does make accessing a traditional first possibly more attractive. Um, and then, and then the, the, the Roth later more attractive. And so I think that as people think through how they should do this, you kind of have to guess about, about future tax policy. And, and that can have a pretty big impact on what you do 
because to the extent that, you know, like having higher income taxes or, you know, a higher tax rate makes Social Security more taxable or you start incurring higher premiums for Medicare, that can be a, a really big impact on someone's overall income. And in a sense, if you have a very large traditional IRA, there's a lot of tax uncertainty because it can be a right. bit of a tax bomb with your RMDs later on in life. It can make your marginal tax rate actually quite high when you incorporate some of these means-tested elements of, of spending. Right. Learn how a goal-based approach redefines 21st century investment with our Wealth Management Certified Professional designation. Bring your value to a new level at theamericancollege.edu slash WMCP. We've just made something that seemed very simple, which is taxable first, traditional second, and Roth lasts a little bit more complicated. But I think even if, I mean, some of the things, let me just say one more thing that can make it even more complicated before we try to simplify <laughs> it. If you inherit an IRA, especially early on in retirement, that can really blow up a lot of your plans because now we have a maximum of a 10-year stretch. If you're 65 and you were planning on pulling a lot of money out of your traditional IRA to maybe convert it into a Roth, that strategy all of a sudden gets blown up if you've got a stretch and inherited IRA over 10 years. Right. And in this case, you actually may have the inverse where your marginal tax rate today is higher than right. your marginal tax rate in the future. And this can be one of those situations where it may make sense to pull money out of a Roth if you do still have a spending gap today. But fortunately, if, you, if you're receiving that IRA as an inheritance, you may not end up needing a whole lot of extra dollars to fund your lifestyle today. You pointed out probably one of like the thousand different examples that would you know change the base rule. I think that the key for for everybody is, is to make sure that you have a sound strategy, right? So, you know, if you're a retiree, talk to an advisor to make sure that, you know, your plan to fund retirement is both timely, but also adjust as situations change. I mean, I think that you know, the fact you don't take RMDs now might help individuals, you know, pull from other sources. So I think that, that you know, it, it, is, it is a lot more complex than it might seem, and there is a huge benefit to doing it right. So pay attention to your marginal tax rates. Leave money alone if it's going to have the highest after-tax return uh, and spend down your least tax-deficient savings. That's always going to be the advice for the right way to spend money out of your retirement savings. Sounds All right, thanks everyone for joining us. I'm Michael Finca. And I'm David Blanchett. So we hope you join us on another podcast. For more episodes and shows, visit theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. Wealth Managed is a production of the American College of Financial Services.